Welcome everyone to the podcast series. Today's conversation is with Melissa. She's a two for emotional manifesting generator who has all nine centers defined and is a triple split. She's a master certified life coach and hypnotherapist helping multi-passionate women boost their abundance and well-being with ease through subconscious reprogramming and rapid mind body energy shifting. So in today's conversation, we dove into the human design aspects and also the Gene Keys aspects of her chart. And we just talked about how she can really honor her energy being a triple split. We talked about the influences of her shores environment. And then we dove into the depth of her activation sequence and how this can really support her from a business lens. And then we really zoomed in from a far-sighted perspective on her pearl sequence and how these gifts are really gonna support her with being of service through her business activity and passionate endeavors that she has. So I hope you enjoy this session together. It was absolutely a beautiful conversation and I hope that you learn a lot and that you take something away from it. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the series, everyone. I'm really excited because today I have Melissa with me. She is a 2-4 emotional manifester, and we're going to be diving into some awesome things together. But first, Melissa, I would like to invite you to share what it is that you want to set for your intention for our coaching session today and just kind of suggest the directions that we're going in, even though you and I know exactly what we're getting into. Yeah, thank you so much, Kayla. I really appreciate you taking the time to explore my graphs with me. Um, so I currently do a lot of different things um, that are both online and in person. And so one of my intentions for today is to get some guidance around um, how to do all of the things and still have enough energy and time to do all of that. And maybe something in terms of like long-term paths to embody my gifts and purpose better. Um, and then another intention that I have for today is to know if my charts give any indication of types of environments that would really support me and benefit me, like whether that's specific, I mean, like types of places, so ocean or forest, or like um, maybe a specific city or geographic location. Um, or just things that I should experience in life to have more inspiration. Yes. Oh, so good. I'm really excited. It was funny because when I pulled up Melissa's chart and I was like, what? She has all her centers defined. I was really excited because in my opinion, this is as rare as a reflector, because I think honestly, in the last two and a half, three years, I have seen, you know, maybe two or three charts that were all defined and I've seen more reflectors, right? So I'm really looking forward to this because I think that it's going to be such a beautiful example of, you know, one of the things that I think will naturally kind of come up in today's conversation is, you know, you're doing all the things and you love doing all the things. So it's not like you're doing too much, but then you shared how in some ways people have suggested, oh, what if you eliminate this or eliminate this? But one of the things that I want to point at is that, and I've noted this because I've seen it in other people who have like a, a triple split or a quad split, is that when they are doing and they have different activities to plug into, that is really how you nurture your energy. Because it's like you have all these splits, right? You have a triple split and it's like, okay, the different activities that you're doing, which actually, can you just take a moment and share because the things that you're doing all together, I think are so beautiful. And I want to really paint that picture for the audience. 
Yeah, so my mainly online activities are life coaching and hypnotherapy. Um, I do this also in person, but it, it's mainly online. And then my absolutely need to be in person activities are um, therapeutic and sports massage. And I teach aerial yoga as well. And then um, on the side from a previous career, I do uh, translation and editing for humanitarian NGOs. So that, those are the things that I do for work. And then I have a ton of hobbies as well. So like, not, without even going into what I do in my spare time, that's already quite a lot to juggle. Yes. And you know what? One of the things that we talked about was looking at getting support so that you can continue to do all of these things. But one thing I just realized in listening to you is that your environment is shores and it shores artificial, but the shores environment is really about being kind of in between both worlds. And I can speak to this because I'm sure is natural, but what I noticed with the shores is like, we love the transitional things. And so I listening to you right now, all of the activities that you're doing are shores activities. Hypnotherapy is all about that transitional period of like shifting the subconscious mind. Aerial yoga is all fluid movement, especially when you're going from right side up to upside down. Like there's a lot of, you know, you have the the sling or the swing. I'm not sure what you call it, but using that to manipulate your body, right? And then looking mm -hmm. at that massage sports therapy, it's like you're taking your clients or your patients from this experience of being like contorted or sore and you're moving things for them physically in their body so that they can be functional, right? And I just find that so interesting. And I'm curious if you actually realize that. And that's probably why when you're going and you're doing these experiences and these activities or these hobbies that they're actually fulfilling these unique parts of you from a short perspective. Yeah, I'd never thought about it in that way, but definitely when you mentioned um, loving transitional things that really resonated with me. And I, although I wouldn't have tied it specifically to those activities, I can, now that you've pointed it out, I can definitely see like all the examples that you gave. And in particular, I mean, aerial yoga is something like, as well as being flowing, it's sort of between land and air because you're always going up and down um and I've always loved change and and always been excited and embraced things moving from one thing to another or life moving from one thing to another or moving country to another country yes that's so brilliant and so I actually think it's so important that you continue to prioritize being able to plug into these different experiences and the thing is too is that you might have not necessarily notice that these things were lighting you up because unconsciously you are a manifesting generator right like your sacral to the throat that motor connection is unconscious and then you have the you know you have the four in the ajna consciously defined connecting to the 63 unconsciously but it's still you know that unconscious aspect of your design is is really what's going to inspire you. Like if you think about the writing work that you do, right? So that that head and ajna, that define that way that you process information, you're going to have that unique perspective. But then obviously, you know, th that you literally have an activity where you're transitioning the writing that you're doing for people, right? So it's like such a beautiful thing how you have 
all of these different avenues that you plug into. And it, it really is going to be about looking at what support can you get. And even if you use human design as a tool, like let's say you hire a VA, you hire a team member to manage some of the online work that you're doing, if that's the easiest way to hire in first, really looking at, okay, how is this person going to bridge my splits, right? So for example, you have the six, like I'm just look, like looking, the first one that I noticed is the 59 reaching for the six, right? So it's like, how are you going to connect your emotional authority to the sacral energy that you have as a manifesting generator. And let's say if somebody had the six, and that's really going to create that, that channel of mating, that connection. And in that is going to be transparency and honesty, which is, is what you need in terms of, you know, having a relationship where you feel supported and intimate, whether it's an assistant or so on, right? So you could actually look at, okay, where are my splits? And how, if, if I find a certain gate to connect with someone, how would that actually support me? Right. So, cause you, like you and I right now, I have the six. So we have, right. you know, yeah, I don't have a defined Ajna though. So we still have the head and Ajna split, but everything else would be connected. And so I find that really interesting because then that would just give you more flow. While even though as a manifesting generator, you're so dynamic, the way that you go and you connect. And I love that, you know, these activities that you're doing as well, like as a two, four, like obviously you have these different networks that you are plugging into, right? The classes, the patients and clients that you work with, the online work that you do with your clients, right? And I feel like mm -hmm. the online work kind of fulfills the two line because you need that that time to hermit and be in your own energy, but then you want to come out and play and, and be in that four line where you connect with one person or, or groups of people within classes and so on. So I'm curious how that's resonating with you so far. Yeah, I totally feel called out on the two and the four part. And I was just imagining before that when you were talking about the splits and maybe hiring some help and seeing if they trying to find someone who could bridge the splits. I was just like, okay, screw your CV. Just give me your birth date and your your um, birthplace and time and um, let me have a look at your human design. I mean, if you're... I really think that moving forward, that this will become a tool that will be normalized for people in hiring. Like my partner works in finance and he's in the corporate space and he's had to do quite a few personality tests in the last you know, couple of months where he's been applying for new roles. And it's like, there's, there's all these ones that I've never even heard of before, but they specifically use them to see how would this person fit in like a one-on-one -on -one situation or how would they impact a team and certain behaviors and whatnot. So even though some people might be like, oh, it's kind of weird to ask your birth time. Cause I feel like there's this, this sort of connotation where, you know, how there's like the, the classic example online of like the crazy astrology girl who like asks the guy for his birth time. And then is like, Oh my God, our Zodiac. I feel like this is kind of looming <laughs> over <laughs> this situation of wanting to use human design as a tool. Right. So it's just noticing that self-limiting belief that's really just imposed from society because it is a tool. That's all it is. If you take, if you bring it to neutrality, right. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a tool, and I have helped um a, actually a couple of HR teams in within uh, companies uh, with a, a human design and learning how to work together and how the energies would play off each other at a very basic level. Um, I was just joking about <laughs> if I mean when when we're a, a solopreneur and then we hire somebody, you can kind of hire them however you like you don't need to go through any specific protocol and I'm you know I'm just thinking oh but if you just send me your human design chat well I'll know kind of like pretty quickly whether there's potential or not 
Yeah. And I think that there's, there's pros and cons to that, but it is going to benefit everyone involved because you're going to get the support that you need. And then you're going to know like, Hey, you are going to thrive in this partnership or this team environment, because this is energetically what you just naturally have. Like we're not in a space of trying to force anyone to be a certain way. It's just like, okay, this is what's showing up. But speaking of that, one thing that I did want to dive into with you, because I talk about the conscious and unconscious chart, and especially this unique aspect of you having all your centers defined when we look at your personality, which is just your conscious design, you are an emotional projector. And so I'm curious if you can share just any thoughts or experiences that you have about this. If you haven't even contemplated it yet, then I do have a couple of things that we can dive into that I think will support you in all your activities and, and the things that you're up to in your life and in your business. Oh, I'm curious to hear what that will be. I'll give you some thoughts first. So definitely relate to the emotional part like that it does feel like a conscious part of me the need to go through waves in order to feel settled in some kind of decision and um, I hadn't ever contemplated the projector part but it does kind of make sense because when I get into an activity I get pretty deep and I want to know everything about it and I can sort of block out a lot of other things just to focus on this one thing and then I, I think I tend to bring my personal perspective into it and uh yeah I kind of absorb it and then I will spit it out in, in a different way that has my flavor yes and you know what I love that we're we're diving into this because I feel that one of the things that I find interesting is that we talked, you and I had a separate conversation where we talked about how you didn't really resonate with, you know, the whole, like kind of the opposite where reflectors are like, Hey, I don't have defined centers. You know, I don't get to relate to this, but for you, you're like, I don't have undefined centers. I don't get to relate to that. Right. Yeah. And I feel like with the, the way that I like to talk about just to give like a space of contemplation for people when we look at the conscious versus unconscious design is your unconscious design is like what your body needs, right? So for example, if we go to your unconscious chart, like I said, emotional or sorry, sacral manifesting generator, and it's like what you what you require for your body to have that stability within you is to do the things that lights you up. So you mm -hmm. have all these things that you're pivoting and you're doing, which in true manifester gen generating form is like, you are doing what lights you up, the different activities, that's how you plug in, right? Mm -hmm. And then when we look at the mind, you know, one of the things with being an emotional projector is like, if you look at the type, the aura of a projector, it's like really being able to be invited into spaces where you can share and optimize what is happening and share what it is that you're seeing. And I think that that also, because you have the split, you have the head and Ajna defined and it's, you know, it's, is only defined when your conscious design is together is that when you go into those spaces and you are invited to share, you're probably going to notice that you really have a much easier time expressing yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. that, like the way that I, the way that I say, you know, the conscious side really has to do with the mind. And so I always get people to consider like, if you, even though you're manifesting generator, if you're feeling bitterness, it might be that you're not being invited to share what it is that you're seeing, or maybe you're not being invited to do the activities that your body is craving as a manifesting generator, right? But the interesting thing is when we look at the 39 to the 55, that 39 in particular is all about provocation. 
right? And then we have the 55, the shadow is victimization, right? So it's like looking at emotionally, you're going to have this pressure to provoke people in terms of like what it is that lights you up, how you feel about something. And to really, there's that pressure to be self-expressed and, and experience that freedom because that's the gift in the city of 55. And then when we look at the 37 connecting to the 40, this is all like, there's kind of this juxtaposition because it's all about like aloneness, but friendship. So it's like, you want to be connected to people and share the resources, but then you need to be in your own space to process your emotions. But this is all consciously activated within you. But I think that it would be really interesting if you just kind of had a little bit more awareness of like the environments that you're in, like, are you being consciously invited to share and to process your feelings and just share that and evoke other people? So I'm curious what's coming up for you with me sharing that yeah. if it's landing. Yeah, I think I'm very, I can see so much of myself in that. And I had a fleeting thought of, gosh, what a mess. <laughs> but of course, there is no mess. There's just life. <laughs> Um, I think I, I feel very fortunate that I've not really experienced too much of the bitterness, but I definitely would like the word success just makes me light up inside and, and it's success in my own, of course, in one's own way. So um, it doesn't need to be any society, societal definition of success, but just you or me feeling like we're doing the right thing for us. Um, and I get that a lot. And so I was uh, in the middle of saying, I feel fortunate that I do tend to intentionally put myself myself in environments where the intention is that I'm going to just make friends who are very aligned with where I am at this stage in life. Um, and I started to get really intentional about that around a year ago, like most exactly a year ago. And things have just kind of skyrocketed from there, from, from the moment I decided that my reality was going to be that I'm just going to always make friends when I go out, that when I go to a picnic or a party with people that I don't know, that we're just going to make really great friends. And, um, and, and that's what's happened. That's so beautiful. And I love hearing that because I feel that that's just a perfect example of an aligned heart center where you decide something, this is what you desire and you have a commitment and drive to make it happen. And then you have that channel of the 40 connecting with the 37. So yeah. that's so beautiful. And one of the things too, that I'm really hearing of what you're saying, you talked about the success, but the other aspect of that conscious projector side or just projectors in general is recognition, right? So it's like, it's interesting because this is where you see all the layers come in. So we literally just talked about how, you know, you, your environment is shores artificial. I pointed out because I noticed that the different activities and, you know, career paths that you have are all transitional experiences. But then in that, it's like you are being recognized and call in to share your gifts, right? You're being called in. Hey, I want to do a hypnotherapy session. Hey, I want to sign up and do an aerial class with you. Hey, can you please go through and support me with this paper, with this writing and documents and whatnot that you're going through, right? There is this call in. But then it's interesting because that's where you see the nuance of, you know, the invitation, but then you're also being given something to respond to, right? Mm -hmm as a sacral being. So it's like, this is why I love to just bring it in and make it such a gray area for people when it comes to human design, because we're not just like, you're not just a manifesting generator, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, there's this and we're playing with that. Right. Totally. So I'm, cur I'm curious how that feels for you and me sharing that. Yeah. So I actually feel like 
it's kind of MG style that I'm just like, yes, I'm all the things. Let me be all the things. <laughs> so when you when it's like success, bitterness, recognition, that kind of projector thing, I'm like, yeah, that's me. And then when when we're talking about the manifesting generator or the sacral being, I'm like, yes, that's me too. <laughs> so yeah, all the things. I love this. But it's like you're recognizing yourself and you're just allowing yourself to be lit up by yourself. You know what I mean? Which I think is like so, it's so perfect. <laughs> so good. So do you feel more clear on the ways that you can, you know, use that conscious projector side, use your manifesting generator side, looking at your shores environment and looking at just always asking yourself, how can I support myself to continue doing the things that I love doing? Because it's just, you're already doing what you need to be doing that lights you up. Do you feel a bit more clear in terms of like, you know, bridging the gates and looking at the correct environments and recognizing yourself and everything in that? Yeah, I feel like how I, I felt when I first encountered human design basics, which is mainly just like comforted and like someone just shone a light on the parts of me that I wasn't really paying attention to. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Okay, well, let me let me own that now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay, great. So now we're going to move into like the next chapter of our conversation, which is like, maybe you're loving that too. A little Shores environment there transitioning. So good. <laughs> so we're going to dive into your gene keys now. And I know that one of the things that you were wanting to know is just like looking at your design, like what is it that you can take in that can further support you and continuing to do what it is you're already doing. And I also really want to amplify your four prime gifts in your activation sequence. And then we're probably going to dive into the pearl sequence a little bit as well. Does that sound good for you? Yeah, Kayla, I love it when you talk about this stuff and I don't really understand it very well myself. So it will, it will just be awesome to have you break it down. Okay, so good. So I'll keep it I'm not, I'll get, I'll probably get into the nitty gritty, but then I'm going to come up farsighted. But if you really don't, if something isn't clicking or you feel like you're not understanding, like I want you to ask for clarification because I can bring in metaphors. Like I, I have the ability to, to say things and see things in multiple ways because of my open throat and undefined ajna or open ajna. So don't be shy to be like, I'm not sure. Cause that's the point of me helping. So yeah. one of the things that I really love is that when I look at your activation sequence, so the activation sequence, the way that I approach this from a business lens or like an entrepreneurial lens with people is that this is your physical experience and the common challenges that you experience in the 3D realm. It's also what you're here to experience physically to create core stability, like within your body. But then I like to take this and look at it where these are the common themes that you that you could experience in your business. And when you contemplate the gene keys and start to notice where these energetic frequencies are showing up, it's going to help you with getting more grounded into yourself so that when we look at the Venus sequence, which is the red sequence after the activation sequence, you're going to be really grounded in yourself. So it's going to be a lot easier for you to open up your heart and experience unconditional love and connecting with other people. Right. So that's like the next kind of chapter going into the Venus. But right now we're going to dive into the activation. Does that make a bit more sense? So you kind of get the direction we're going into? Yeah, sure. Okay, perfect. So the four prime gifts are literally the four gifts in the activation sequence the life's work, the evolution, the radiance, and the purpose. And so we have intimacy, 
freedom, self-assurance, and strength. And so it's interesting because when you've shared the work that you do with aerial yoga, with working with patients and just helping them, you know, physically with their body, the writing and everything is that it is about, and especially you being a two, four, it is about having that intimacy with people where you are supporting them with having freedom in their body, being able to move, right? And then trusting themselves, that self-assurance to be able to physically move themselves or to write in a certain way and share that work and have you support them with it. And all of that takes strength to do that. Because not every person is going to, you know, if they are dealing with physical ailments or they don't have the mobility or the strength, like there needs to be this level of patience. And it's interesting because the 34, which is in your purpose fear, which is your unconscious earth, that's in the sacral center as a gate. And the sacral center is all about your creativity, your life force energy, the things that lights you up. And it's part of that main channel to the 20 in the throat center that makes you a manifesting generator. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. that's like a lot that I just kind of threw at you, but I'm curious if, if that's, if you're resonating with it and if you're like, oh, I can see how this is showing up in my life and business. Yeah, I, that, that was a lot. Um, so the, the part that I hooked on to the most, I guess, is the, I had the thought that when you were talking about helping people to have freedom in their bodies, I thought, yeah, I definitely feel a great amount of satisfaction helping people to help themselves or helping people to be in a better place within their minds or their bodies. Yes, which is beautiful because I think that you being multi-passionate, you're going to have these multitude of different skills and places to tap into to be able to share with others, right? Which obviously explains like the different paradigms that you play in when it comes to the multiple businesses that you're that you're working in. So That's one of the things that with some people, when they think they might be asking like, well, how is it that like, what am I, what am I here to do? Right. It's like, what am I here to do? Who am I here to be? And I feel that, you know, we've really, we've really solidified in the conversation, like you as a manifesting generator, like you have all of these places that you love to go and play in. And then it's like, now we're looking at the activation sequence and it's like, this is what you're here to naturally share with others. So let's say your life's work is your conscious sun energy. And this is like your main energy that you are basically shining out into the world, like pun intended with the sun energy, right? And this is like the the common theme that you may notice is that you're really going to be somebody who values intimacy and transparency. And that when you experience dishonesty, you may really feel that frustration and that anger or that bitterness come up because you, you value that connection with others. So I'm curious if that resonates with you. Yeah, and it does. And also, like, I really, everything that I do is very people-oriented, even though I don't tend to label myself as a people person. I, If I reflect on the things that I do, what I do love about it is being able to have human interaction and work with people and help to improve people's lives in some way. Um, I just forgot what I was going to say. So that's okay because you kind of segued into the next thing I wanted to point out with the two line. So we have the mm-hmm. 59.2 and you said how, you know, you don't necessarily label yourself as a people person and the two line has that hermit side, but in the gene keys, what I love about the two line, and especially because it says dancer for your life's work is that you're designed to have a flow. 
You're designed to be very natural at what it is that you do. And the two line is very deeply rooted in self-expression as well and passion. And so Mm -hmm. that's something else that I wanted to layer on top of that, because I think that that's like how you're naturally going to share. That's how people are going to recognize you as well. Mm. This this reminds me of what I was going to say, because it links into the two line. Um, But that kind of craving for intimacy I have found that um, to be, I won't say that it's that it prevents me from, but it has kind of like energetically not felt right um, um, so far is in terms of uh, coaching or hypnotherapy to be able to offer to larger groups or, or, you know, what they call scaling in the coaching world. It's never appealed to me because I really love one-to-one work and I think when I understood this, then I just kind of accepted it and I continued on with that. But when I do see other people banging on about growing groups and, um, you know, also Facebook groups or other types of groups on other platforms um, and then maybe making courses, like it really doesn't appeal to me to make a course that people can buy just without me having talked to them, even though this is, you know, like one of the meccas of passive income just because I'm like but I won't get to meet them and then I won't get to talk to them and I won't get to know like what kind of impact they had or if they even opened the course after they bought it or not so yeah I think one of the things that is so satisfying for me that does kind of keep things on a small scale is that very intimate one-to-one work yes and you know what I think that I'll say two things the two four Obviously, there's that juxtaposition of like, you know, the like the hermit, but loving smaller groups and then like wanting to have the different networks and you do have the different numbers in the different work that you do. And the other thing that I'll point at, so let's we'll dive into the pearl sequence for a second. The culture sphere is known as the sphere that shows you who and how you're designed to create a culture with. So the three line, which is unit is Typically, people look at this be like, oh, but what size of groups and things should I be working with? And the theory is that you're ideally going to connect with like smaller groups, like three to like 15 people. And right. And it's like, I feel like you're already doing that. Like how many people are in your aerial, aerial yoga classes? Yeah, currently like a maximum of six to seven. Right. And even for myself, so I'm a six two sacral generator I have Mm -hmm. a three line in my culture sphere as well and I do like group settings but I I really love the one-on-one connection and it's just the intensity of having a two line you know in the profile and the other thing is too is you actually have quite a few two lines in your gene keys like you have it in your life's work your evolution it's in your IQ your EQ and your SQ So already that you're naturally going to have that influence. So even if you're like, but people say that I'm supposed to blah, blah, blah to scale. It's like you will naturally be drawn to partnership, big time self-expression, intimacy, right? And that's literally your life's work is intimacy, right? You can have intimacy with bigger groups, but I'm biased to say that I think it's easier to have it in smaller groups because you get to Mm -hmm. hear and connect with people more fluidly. Does that resonate? Yeah, and the idea of having groups of up to around 15 like does feel like a sweet spot to me. 
Yeah, which is perfect. So I feel like just for the audience, like if you're looking at your chart and you're realizing, okay, there's like conflicting things here, like I should X, Y, and Z. If you actually zoom out and like I just said, there's, you know, there's five, two lines in her gene keys out of 11. So like half your gene keys are two lines like that, that two line influence is going to be more prominent, even if, you know, in theory, maybe you have a six line or a five line or something in your culture sphere. So you kind of have to look at the nuance and see like, what is consistently showing up, right? So it's never, it's never black and white, which is sometimes a peace of mind, but sometimes not so much. <laughs> so I'm curious if, okay, we talked a bit about your, your life's work. We talked about that two line and I feel like you've had a bit of an exhalation around like, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong or there's nothing wrong with me wanting to have more intimate spaces. And I'm curious if you can see new possibilities of the kinds of endeavors you can do with the businesses and the activities that you're into. So again, I think it's just like this big, it's like mama earth just coming to hug you and say, it's okay to be who you are. <laughs> and, and then you can breathe a sigh of relief and just get on with things. Yes. Well, I'm really happy that that was validating then, because I think now the more you focus on the things that light you up without kind of holding back a little bit, thinking that you're doing something wrong, the more you're going to co-create, especially with that sacral energy. Yeah. So now, I mean, now it's like absolute um, permission not to run Facebook ads and try to get groups of like 200 people or whatever. Like if I can all just let that go and I'm okay to I mean, on one hand, I would like to share my work with more people on a larger scale. But on the other hand, I feel like maybe my mission, I, I think inside, I feel like my mission is just to affect one life at a time. Yeah. And I think the other thing, if you look at your design, so obviously with the manifest and generator, like you're designed to initiate and inform, right? But then also now that we've brought in the projector aspect, there's that need to be invited, and then mm -hmm. with the sacral in itself is that's designed to respond. So if you look at it, there's like two thirds of you that are around waiting to respond to collaborate. So I yeah. feel like, especially because being an unconscious manifesting generator, that initiating and informing may feel less consciously accessible compared to like you feeling your feelings and then deciding, okay, this is what I feel like doing. Right. So I think mm -hmm. it's like, I say this even to people who have a defined G-Center is being in the correct environment, embodying your design is what will create opportunities, right? So maybe for you, if you, there is an opportunity for you to host like a bigger yoga session or to do like a seminar or something on, you know, the massage therapy and that that you do in the treatment, it's like you, you're being brought into that. It's not like you have to generate it by yourself, right? So you're just being brought in to share your natural wisdom, especially with the two line. I'm curious mm -hmm. if that feels better than having to like make it happen. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And I think I've already kind of unconsciously been doing that. So I would never put myself out and, and propose to speak in front of a large audience but I have been invited to do that and I'll do it with pleasure um and and without feeling overly nervous or anything um I'll just get on with it and and do it and have fun at the same time <laughs> um, yes. but yeah it's not something that I, like I don't have a I say there's not really much in me that is reaching for fame or or large-scale recognition I'm okay with being recognized by 
individuals or on a smaller scale. Beautiful. That's so good. I love how connected you are and trusting to what it is that you want rather than buying into what, you know, quote, people think you should have or should be doing, right? Because there's like, especially in the online space, things get really blown up and it's a lot, it can become a lot about the big shiny things. But if you want to have that simplicity and that harmonious interconnected experience with quote, less people, that's also just as valid. That's also just a transformational. So that's beautiful. Yeah, I also think that way before the COVID times and when everybody got online and started to try and sell everything to everybody, um, there were plenty of people who didn't really have much of a social media presence, but had, you know, their schedules full with clients. So it kind of brought home to me that you don't have to be all over the internet um, with your face all over everything in order to be doing good work. Yes. Perfect. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. Oh, I love this. Okay. Let's continue to dive into the activation sequence here. So we talked about your life's work and just like how much you value intimacy, the two line, all of that. And what leads into your evolution, that's the pathway of challenge. So there's like going to be this push and pull between that sun and earth energy. So if you look at the shadow of dishonesty and then victimization, it's like, let's imagine if you're in a situation, like it could be a conversation or an experience with clients or, or whatever it is, where it's like, there's been this miscommunication or this feel of dishonesty, then it's like the, you may notice that the victimization comes up, but it's going to be through communicating your emotions because the 55 is the gate in your emotional solar plexus that you're going to come into that gift of the freedom to be self-expressed and share your feelings. And naturally that's going to lead with intimacy to connect with people. So I'm curious if that, if that lands for you as we like continue to navigate through your activation sequence. Yeah. I think I've half contemplated this in the past, uh, like the, um, the dishonesty going, going through all the way through to uh, intimacy and so it does, it does make sense. And it's always useful to have that kind of told to you from by somebody else and then go, yeah, let me think about that again. <laughs> right? Yes. So then with that, so imagine this. So it's like, these are the kinds of challenges that you may experience, like in your relationships or even, you know, in, in your business, like looking at how it is that you want to run things. The, the pathway that goes from the evolution to the radiance is known as a pathway of breakthrough. So when you have this like conscious breakthrough and you've done the contemplative work of, you know, the shadow gift and city of your life's work and your evolution, we come into the unconscious side. So your radiance and your purpose is unconsciously defined in your body, right? So the radiant sphere, this is what really lights you up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So when we look at the 20, I find this so beautiful because superficiality, the shadow of superficiality is like not going deep, which it's mm -hmm. interesting because that also really goes with dishonesty where it's like the transparency and intimacy requires depth. And so the 20 being in the throat center, again, this is tying into self-expression. This is also connecting to the 34, which is like in your sacral, that sacral energy. So it's like when you feel that things are superficial, there can be this fear of not being fully self-expressed. And it's through like a, a connecting with ourselves, connecting with what lights us up, that 34 in the sacral is what brings that self-assurance. Like we can be present right? And that is the city. And it's interesting because when I think about 
the work that you do, like with aerial yoga or working with clients, like any level of superficiality and like, let's say lack of effort, like you're not going to really push yourself in a yoga movement or, you know, you're not going to push so hard in a treatment. You're just not going to get the results that you want or cause the impact that you want to make. And usually when we don't go all the way into something, it's because we are not present. So Mm. I'm curious how that resonates. And the four line of friendship is really like you connecting with others, like either assuring each other or just being present with others, being self-expressed and connected with others in that way as well is really what allows you to feel radiant in your life and business. And it's interesting because obviously like we talked about, you have so many different pockets that you're connecting into where you get to to take that depth with people. Yeah, I definitely feel um, that it's good to connect. And then when I connect, I like to connect deeply I I guess I kind of I don't really like superficiality in people and when I catch my when I catch myself like not going deep within myself then I I do a lot of returning back to myself and going no but am I just being carried away by the current or like who am I really so I kind of like I don't even like superficiality in myself first (laughs) and then I, I don't tend to appreciate it in others But certainly in work, like, as you said, in all the activities I do, so whether that's coaching or hypnotherapy or yoga or massage, like most people come because they want deep tissue massage. (laughs) Not everyone can handle it, but that's what they think that they want. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of like going to the depth that you, going as deep as you can in that moment with that person. Yes. So good. And I love to, I mean, even if you think about hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy, there's limitless possibilities. You can do a, you know, superficial hypnosis, or you can go really deep. Right. And so it's just interesting how you have, again, with the, the shores, artificial environments, like there's just so much in your chart that points at you going at multitudes of depths based on your design and your energetic imprinting, which is like super fascinating for me because it explains why you're so dynamic. Right. (laughs) So I just, it's just literally a permission slip. Like I'm just so entertained the more that we talk this out and like pull it apart. I'm like, Oh yeah, this totally makes sense. So looking at the final pathway, which is connecting the radiance to the purpose sphere. This is known as your pathway of core stability. So I mentioned earlier, this side is your unconscious side. So this is really like you getting grounded in your body. And so that pathway of core stability, your purpose sphere is really about who you're being and how you're showing up. I feel that a lot of purpose conversations in the industry or just in the personal development world are like, what are you doing with your life? Like, what is my purpose? What am I here to like physically do? But this is really about, who you're being. And what I love about this in the 34, this is a gate in the sacral center, right? Again, that's that channel up to the 20, making you a manifesting generator. And it's like that 34 is all about responding to the moment. Connecting to the 20 specifically is very much like responding to the now, responding to what lights me up. But the interesting thing is that when you are responding to incorrect things for you, you're going to be in that shadow of force because it's like you're trying to make things happen. And mm-hmm. if you consider even the work that you do, you cannot force things in hypnotherapy. If you force things in aerial yoga, it leads to injury or like somebody's going to get tangled up in there. If you force, you know, any kind of treatment too prematurely, like there's just 
things are going to happen that you don't want to happen, which are obviously going to lead to frustration and anger. So when we look at strength, that strength, I really feel ties into timing when it comes to responding with the 34. It's like, okay, can I have the strength to wait, right? Like you need to have the strength to hold yourself in aerial yoga. You need to have the strength to literally do the proper treatment. You need to have the strength and the willingness to go deep in hypnotherapy because it can be very confronting, right? And so mm-hmm. then when we get to the the city of majesty, I feel like this, this word is like so elusive. People are like, what the heck do you mean majesty? When you think about, literally, I'm having this visualization, a queen on her mm-hmm. throne. <laughs> and it's like, you've done what you needed to do. What happened, happened. What didn't happen, didn't happen. And it is what it is. But there's no forcing. There's just this inner knowing. And that's it. And that's really how... I tell the tale of what majesty means as a city when it comes to the 34th gene key. So when we look at well, the fourth beautiful. line, right? I know like, okay, who doesn't want to be a queen? Let's be honest here. But I do want to say one more thing before I like ask you to really share what's coming up for you. The fourth line of breath is that in all of the work that you're doing, there needs to be a rhythm. There needs to be this like the in and out inhalation, exhalation, and like thinking about the breath brings life to what it is that you're doing, it brings the stability in the body. And it's literally, it's literally life or death. It's the first thing we do when we come to this world is the last thing they do that when we leave. And so I'm curious, I feel like I just unpacked like a massive reading on the purpose sphere, but I would love to hear what's coming up for you with that. I love that you brought up breath as something that brings you core stability because it, I think it applies on so many levels, like all through transitions or loving change or whatever, to be able to hold on to something that you create naturally in your body yourself is something that can help you so much when things are changing in your outer world. And then a ton of things that like in a more literal sense, a ton of things that I do, um, do kind of rely on being aware of the breath and um, maybe sometimes controlling the breath. So uh, actually I got into hypnotherapy from coaching because when I took people into guided meditations, they absolutely loved it. And I was like, I think I'm onto something here because they like my guided meditations more than they like the coaching <laughs> um, or, or equally so. And uh, so there was that. And then of course, in, in yoga, the breath is a huge part of things. And even through deep tissue sports massage you I need to be breathing and the client needs to be be breathing through whatever they're going through so it that was a, just a very beautiful word to kind of tie together the thing that creates core stability that actually comes from within and like nobody can create breath for you unless it's an emergency situation <laughs> um, it's something that you need to cultivate and strengthen yourself yes and strength again with that strengthening the breath like and then I just love the I loved the majesty part where not I mean the the queen sitting on a throne was great but the kind of like when you said I've done what I need to do and whatever happened happened and I just feel like that's exactly how every kind of helping people um, outcome should be is that you can't control the results that you that that the person gets you can just control that the effort that you put in with your skills and experience and the combined effort that they made. And then 
whatever happens happens and it's actually not your not entirely your responsibility what their result is it's your responsibility what you put into getting them to that result yes exactly like your contribution your connection so beautiful so beautiful so I want to dive in a little bit just kind of tie all of this together even though it's kind of a new rabbit hole because we said we were going to dive into it which is your pearl sequence so I'm curious if you feel more clear and I feel like you probably feel more seen and heard in terms of like how your activation sequence is like how you're physically living life and how this brings stability to you, you as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful. So in the in the pearl sequence, we talked a little bit about the culture sphere. And it's like, one of the things, one of the big things that I notice with your gene keys and just your chart in general is that it's very much about connecting with other people and them either connecting to themselves or connecting to you. And so when I look at the the shadows of all of the gene keys in your pearl sequence, we have the 59 as your, it's known as the brand sphere in the pearl sequence, even though it's showing up as life's work on genetic matrix. We have the culture sphere, the pearl, and then the vocation, which is initially the core wound in the Venus sequence. So what I see with all the shadows here is like dishonesty, intolerance, arrogance, selfishness. It is very much about being imploded on oneself and lacking that awareness and connection with others. And so the pearl sequence is really about how you're designed to be of service and to like to evoke other people in the world and connect with them because the way that you connect with them and you are being of service is what co-creates prosperity. And when I think about co-creating prosperity, it's like, sure, yes, we're talking about money, but also I don't I don't just talk about money in the pearl sequence because it is going to be how you alchemize these frequencies in the interactions that you have that will create opportunities that will lead to prosperity, whether that's a transformative conversation or coaching session with a client, or, you know, you lead an aerial class where people come and they've never been able to move that way before, right? Like this is all of it is prosperity. And that's what I love about the pearl sequence. So when we look at the the selfishness, dishonesty, intolerance, and, arrog- and arrogance, and we look at the cities of these spheres, altruism, intimacy, understanding, and leadership, I love it because these are all transitional words. You know, like the altruism is really about being able to see and connect with others and like seeing the best in others, like beyond ourselves. Intimacy, we can have intimacy with, intimacy with ourselves, but we can also have it with others. Understanding is either taking something apart, but also bringing something together. So there's still that interconnected experience and leadership. We can lead ourselves, but we can also lead others. And so I'm just kind of giving a different perspective of how you can look at the pearl sequence all together at once. But I'm curious what's coming up for you in listening to this so far. Yeah, I love it how you brought all of the the spheres together and especially when you were describing the shadows and then you were like, oh, so all of the, all four of these shadows, like you kind of like imploded on yourself and then moving into the next one, just, I think having that drawn out view and looking at the four spheres together and just seeing what kind, what you can kind of connect as an overall picture of those four spheres is, is a really useful way to look at it. Yeah. And I think usually it's interesting because I will dive into like one sphere and then, you know, the shadow gift city line. But right now I just had this intuitive hit, like, okay, we're just going to look at it from a far-sighted perspective and tell the story. And so yeah. now when we look at the the cities, just to kind of look at like, this is 
the way that you are to be of service embodying this energy is like you just in your essence and being radiant is like selflessness transparency forgiveness and humility so it's like a lot of letting go and again that connection so the selflessness like we have to let go of just identifying with ourselves right the forgiveness again is letting go of what it is that we were not understanding or the things that we were being inconsiderate of through intolerance and then the the transparency it's like is just speaking your truth right and then humility is knowing like the 31 is like you know that you can lead other others and this is why sometimes that arrogance comes up but when we look at okay leading ourselves and others we are we are humbled because we are not better than the others that we connect with right so i'm obviously giving like a quick overview of your entire pearl sequence when you contemplate from this lens it's very much going to support you in how you connect with others and how you sell your services whether selling shows up as sharing for you whatever it is some people kind of get weird around marketing and selling but it can just be sharing because obviously you've been sharing because otherwise you wouldn't have these multitude of activities and and career paths and so on that you're doing right so I'm curious what's coming up for you and if you feel that the way that I've talked about the Pearl sequence supports you and how you can continue to support your business endeavors. Yeah, definitely. I love that you had an intuitive hit to kind of look at them all together instead of, I've also in the past explored Gene Keys through just deep diving into one at a time and then just contemplating each part of that and I've never thought about zooming out and just looking all together at what you can gain from seeing like the the general energy of four spheres together. Yes. Oh, so good. And I hope that the audience too, you know, there's no right or wrong way to contemplate the gene keys. I mean, I know a lot of people watching and listening to this, like I've I've gone very deep into things, but then I can come out really far and I think you know we dove into very particularly the four spheres in your activation sequence but then I just took like a zoomed out perspective on the pearl sequence and it's like the different ways that we contemplate give us the different answers that we need in that moment to take aligned action in our business which I think is so beautiful yeah and as you said like um content the way that you contemplate it in that moment is the right way to do it in that moment and when you go and look at it again some other time you might just be drawn to analyzing it in a different way yes that's why this work is endless like you can <laughs> never learn everything it's always it's always going to be different which is just like the permission slip to have freedom in how we experience ourselves so I, I just want to check in do you feel more clear and confident in terms of just really giving yourself permission to tap into the different avenues that you have that lights you up like being curious about that projector side of you and really looking at like your gifts of the gene keys and allowing that to support you in your in your business and I really want to make sure that this feels I guess complete for you in a way but also has you be inspired yeah I mean I think that there's some part of us that is always craving somebody to just tell us what to do or tell us what the right thing is to, to do and and human design and gene keys doesn't give you this which is beautiful <laughs> um so it's definitely given me a lot to think about um I am ready to acknowledge 
more and nurture my projector side um, and see where that goes. And then also to just contemplate everything that you've given me for the gene keys part, which was, was something that I'm less familiar with. Like I've seen it only on a superficial level. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to, to kind of like simmer there. Yes. Yes. I've said it so many times with the gene keys are a slow burn. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like simmer, that's it. Like we were just cooking on high for the last hour and now we're like turning it down a bit. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's so good. So before I wrap things up here in today's conversation, I just want the audience to know that I'm going to have Melissa's links in the show notes if you want to connect with her. And of course, I'll have additional resources in there for you as well. But before we tie loose ends here, I want to invite you to intuitively share a piece of wisdom that you want to leave with our audience today. Oh my gosh, talk about putting someone on the spot. <laughs> Trust yourself. Just close your eyes and like whatever comes through is perfect. So what's coming to me is to follow your heart and do what you love. And there's no there's no way you can go wrong. Yes. You know what? This makes me smile so much because, okay, when Melissa and I had our preliminary conversation before we planned coming into this, and obviously everything I said to her today was like not said specifically in our conversation, but I love that one of the things that you said to me was that you worked with a coach that was like, well, you know, what is it that you can eliminate or like kind of cut back on? And you're doing all these things that you love doing. And I remember being like, you're like wholeheartedly into everything that you love doing. Like that's so rare that somebody loves everything they're doing. Usually it's like, they're not doing enough of what they love doing. Like just fucking go for it, you know? So it just makes me smile that you, you're bringing that here because you are already an embodiment of someone doing that. So I don't know if you realize that, but that's why I was like literally smiling so hard because I thought, okay, that's just genius how that naturally came up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I help other people to do. And I can do that from a genuine place because I really feel like I'm I'm doing it as much as I can myself. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and just being vulnerable and having this conversation and allowing me to put you on the spot. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. I found it absolutely brilliant. I'm so excited to listen to this again and again once it's out and just, you know, let the pearls of wisdom drop in bit by bit over time yes it's so good so i want to thank the audience today for watching and listening to this of course check out the show notes and if you can subscribe to the channel leave a review that would be amazing and of course if you share this on social media you can tag us both and just let us know if you have any major aha moments as well then we would love to hear that so thank you so much for tuning in and we'll chat with you in the next session